0: I'm assuming if you're here, you enjoy good stories. But as someone who loves reading them, I find that time is the one thing holding me back from getting into a new piece of storytelling. That's why I've come up with something new on my site, marshallcolman.net, to overcome this issue. They're called 3-Minute Stories. Every Monday and Thursday, I'll be releasing stories that take no more than 3 minutes to read. And let's get real, who doesn't have three minutes? So feel free to check out these awesome stories on the site. And while you're there, you can even sign up to get a free book. Now, on with the show. Last episode, we started with the story of David and Goliath and covered the topic of bullies. With all the very positive responses I've received, it only seemed right to share another story on the same topic this episode, but more focused on the flip side of things, the bully's perspective. Just as a review of this story, Goliath was a chosen champion to represent the Philistine army. Haunting and wanting to end the Israelites at all costs. But David, a simple shepherd boy, the champion for the Israelites, had other plans. And eventually, long story very short, David took the bully down with a sling and a stone, showing that our bullies, no matter how big, how loud, how annoying, they can be beaten. But today, on this episode, we'll examine a few questions. What are the bullies thinking? What goes through their mind to do what they do to others? And ultimately, can they turn their life around? For instance, what if Goliath felt remorse for his ways? What if he turned his back on his horrible actions? And what if, eventually, bullies walked away from being bullies? My name is Marshall Coleman, and this is StoryFold. In today's episode, We have an interview with Andrew, a 20-year-old, who, when he was younger, was considered a bully. And after going through some events in his life, he experienced a transformation he's still trying to fit into today. Here's Andrew, and he starts with how the bullying all began.
1: It started as just, being playful with people and kind of just rousing on everybody like, you know, kids do at the time, but then it kind of seemed to elaborate when I didn't want it to because I was like, alright, people thought it was funny when I would pick on somebody or make jokes toward it, and then just kind of brew and brew until, until I didn't realize that I was just doing it by second nature. I was just being rude to people. I was picking on people. I was picking people up and, you know, being rough with them. I was just it was just second nature to me because I just assumed that everybody thought it was funny and I didn't feel much to where it was my only way to really interact with people anymore.
0: And these actions all started from an environment that made him think that this bullying behavior was, as he understood it, normal.
1: I used to hang out with about three or four kids from the street and, uh, That's just how we seemed to, like, communicate. We were just boys being boys, and we were roughhousing and being mean to each other. But at the end of the day, we were all friends, and then I would forget that that's not how people usually act towards each other. So then when I would go home, I'd usually just be really rude to Patrick a lot more than I should have been.
0: Patrick, by the way, is Andrew's younger brother. It seems... That Andrew also could have been a product of bullying himself. Were so? Were you ever bullied at all?
1: No, I mean there were there were times I was bullied. You know, looking back on it, I might have been, but when I look at it, I just assumed everyone was playing around. But they're looking back on it in hindsight, in these past few days, thinking about this, um, there were times I was, I was bullied. I was made fun of. You know. um... I wasn't really the fastest during games, so people would pick on me for that, I wasn't like, it wasn't like an abusive bullying, like people were hitting on me and stuff, but it was just like, I would get made fun of a lot for saying my physical appearance or my lack of athletic skill or something along those lines, just by the kids on the street.
0: Gotcha, and so, even though it's like playing around, sometimes that can, I guess, have some sort of effect.
1: Yes, it really can.
0: And it's from this messing around with words that he learned a valuable lesson.
1: My mom used to yell at me constantly, like, that would make jokes. And she goes, You don't understand that these jokes anymore. I'm like, No, they don't. They really don't. They're just jokes. But now, looking back on it, after all these years, like, I finally understand what she meant. Like, this does affect people, even if they're just jokes. Even if you say at the end that it's just a joke, it still affects people in the end.
0: And he recalls the power of his words when once his brother became the target of them.
1: Patrick was, uh, there were some kids on the street that would make fun of him, and uh, instead of sticking up for him, I kind of joined in on the bullying a little bit, and it doesn't seem like, I mean, it wasn't like I was like punching or hitting or anything like that once again, it was just using words to hurt somebody, but looking back on it, it's really hard to think about, because I should, as an older brother, I should have been there to defend him, but instead, I joined in on the razzing, and that hurts a lot. But I still try to to that because I feel so terrible for that because I'm supposed to be someone he looks for who's supposed to protect and defend him. And instead, I joined in on the punishment towards him. And that really hurts to think about a lot.
0: And he remembers exactly why he used to act out in this way.
1: i wanted learned people like me a lot, so sometimes I make fun of people. And when I make fun of them, I get laughed. I kind of just went off of doing that for a while because you know people were paying attention to me they were laughing you know I had you know I, I was homeschooled for a good portion of my life so I really didn't have that like at school experience that most kids have you know hanging out with people so when someone did seem to take a
0: How's bullying other people affected you long term?
1: Bully, bullying has affected me in the way that I can't take anything seriously. I'm very reserved as a person now. I don't like to open up. And uh, my main, when I see someone now, because bullying has affected me so much that now when I see someone, instead of being like the happy, go energetic person. I'm very reserved when it comes to that person and that person has to work very hard to become my friend because I'm so afraid that they're just going to like me for being a bully again and I'm going to fall right back into this trance where, you know, to get this person to like me, I'm making fun of people again or being rude to people again, so
0: there's stuff like that. So, wow, okay. So would you say that maybe there's like something in you that's kind of afraid of your past self? Yes, I'm very afraid of my past self. I'm 100%
1: afraid of my past self because my past self was not a person that I strive to be anymore. My past self was just an angry person who would constantly pick on people and would constantly hurt people to the point where, like, they were crying and I thought it was hilarious. And I hate that. That terrifies me to no end that as a person I enjoyed that. So I'm so terrified of falling back into this trance and going right back to just being, you know, a rude person again
0: one of these instances of being in this bullying trance he spoke of sticks out more than most.
1: There was one time this, this one is um, this one I'm not too happy about but uh, there was one time that uh, I was picking on this one kid and uh, he wasn't responding the way I wanted him to like he was standing up to me and I was it was confusing me on why he was standing up to me like this isn't supposed to be happening I'm the big guy you know This is, I'm supposed to control this and um he had, uh, he had a a, table, uh, like a coffee table that was outside, mm-hmm. and uh was a glass one. I picked up his bike, and I dropped it through the glass table, and uh not too happy about that one. My parents weren't too happy about that one either, nor was his parents. I ended up paying for the table. and I don't like to talk about that one much, I actually did physical damage to something. So that one's a little scary when I think about it, and I try to just repress that one as much as possible. I just I, I just want to say sorry to him because he did a movie and I never really got to say sorry to him for all that happened. Like, I never got to become a better person and apologize to that child.
0: And what made him a better person, he says, was being part of a community and one event he remembers in particular that changed his outlook forever. I went to, um, I was just
1: recently getting into church And I was just, like, starting to experience things in church and starting to, like, grow with everybody. And we had this thing called Art for the Hungry. And for some reason, this stuck out to me. All it was was we donated a bunch of soup and then went to a mall where it closed and then built something out of the soup. And for some reason, that stuck with me. And I was there, and everyone was loving, everyone was caring. People were laughing with me, and I wasn't making fun of anybody. I felt like I actually had friends for one. And that moment exactly was like, I, there was a switch. I was like, I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And like, it literally felt like switching something in my head to where I just didn't want to be able to do it anymore.
0: And he says it's on his mind all the time.
1: I remember the exact moment. I, can, I remember where we were. I remember what we were building. I remember everything about that day very
0: vividly. And I think about it constantly. And according to Andrew, every day, he makes a conscious effort to continue change
1: i to make sure i don't become that person anymore i try to stop and think about what i'm doing before i do it there are times where i will play with my brother patrick and it'll to me and him it's nothing anymore but to everyone outside it could look like i'm just beating him up relentlessly for no reason so i try to stop and you know think about what everybody else might look at our scenario and go um and talking to somebody i try to you know Yo, is this maybe the time for a joke? Is this maybe not for the time for a joke? Does this sound like a joke? Or is this just you having satire humor again? Like, I try to take a second to think about everything before I do it. And I feel like that's helping me a lot because I'm not, you know, throwing bikes through tables anymore or being just malicious for the sake of being malicious, just stuff
0: like that. Is there anything you would like for uh, to say to anyone who's, who's a bully now?
1: If I could say anything to him, it would just be like, it's not worth it. You're not really enjoying what you're doing. Just take a second and stop and think about how this affects other people. Like, my mom always used to tell me, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. So running around just being rude to people, you're not going to attract people to you, even though it might seem like it at times. Or if you're just upset for the sake of being upset, it's not going to attract people to you. You're going to have a lot better of a life and have more friends and more people around you if you're just nice to people. Like, it honestly will go so much, it will go so farther if you're just nice to people. It's not worth being rude to people. And if you're upset about something, reach out to someone you feel safe to talk to and talk to them about it, because that helps a lot too.
0: And Andrew has a message for those who are bullies or feel that their past is too messy for a different life.
1: You can change. It's not as hard as you think it is, and also, people who think it's funny when you pick on people aren't really your friends. They aren't really going to be there for you. There are times where I needed those people, and they're like, "Oh, haha, maybe next time, buddy." Like, you don't really have anyone when you're just being rude to people. It makes you even more alone. When it came to me, I was trying to get away from being alone, and I thought being rude to people was a way that I could get away from being alone. It only made me more. Alone,
0: Through overcoming a bullying past Through remorse and guilt Through conquering loneliness by inner reconciliation May you catch more flies with honey than vinegar and May the transformation of that story Never go untold. This episode of StoryFold was produced by me, Marshall Coleman. For information on the music used in this episode, head on over to marshallcoleman.net slash storyfold, and you can find all the info there. Do you like reading thrillers, but are too busy, with hardly any time on your hands to get into a thick, large book? Then The Thrive, a three-part novella I wrote, might just be up your alley. If you love The Twilight Zone, or Hopeful Stories, or even both, this book would be perfect for you. You can get part one free on Amazon now, or you can just get all three parts, the full saga, for 2.99 available on Amazon, along with other works I've written that you were meant to enjoy. And, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, if you don't mind subscribing and leaving a review, that would be an awesome way to help support the show. Thanks so much in advance.